The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits or the seven churches who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. I uh, bring you all on this last day of the church year, uh, my first last day of the church year as a ordained pastor, uh, to a reading usually reserved for Lent, Lent season. We're going into Advent, the beginning of the church year, but we're doing a Lent reading. So interesting, right? Um, Well, we have Jesus on trial, and he's brought in for questioning before the Roman representative for the Judean region, his name is Pontius Pilate. Um, uh, one of the funny questions that a confirmand asked was, well, what kind of plane did he fly? And uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Anyways, uh, it was not a, something, a well-regarded position to be in charge of the Judean region because it was just little religious, political skirmishes and people fighting and rising up. It was not glorious. There were no... Um, you know, beautiful landscapes to behold and, you know, a nice place to just take baths and enjoy your retirement as uh, all of these uh, representatives usually were doing um, as uh, representatives. So, incredibly, Jesus is in big trouble at this point in the gospel, right? He's already done all of his living, his uh, healing, his teaching, Uh, He's gone to Jerusalem. People have greeted him as a king. And now he has done his his last Passover because he's going to be the last Passover lamb. And he's about to die. Uh, He's on trial for a bunch of hearsay. Things he's uh, never uh, heard of that, you know, because he didn't do these things. All of these, you know, mistruths about him. He's on trial. 
And he has a very compelling case against him. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is saying he's the king of the Jews. Except he won't say it with his own mouth. But everyone else is. And that is why he is called Messiah, as I said before service, the anointed one in Hebrew, as well as Christ, or uh, the anointed one in Greek. He's the chosen one. This is it. This is who we've all been waiting for, right? Uh, To be anointed is to be sealed or set apart by the high priest to be king. David was anointed. Saul was anointed. King Saul, that is. Uh, You know, all of the kings of Israel were anointed by the high priest, whoever was high priest at the time. And uh, not only was Mary given the wonderful news that Jesus is the Christ, uh, the anointed one, everyone else got it very quickly. If you can remember, as early as John 1, Nathaniel calls Jesus the king of Israel. When Jesus gives everybody bread and fish, you know, the feeding of the 4,000, the 5,000, they try to seize him by force and make him the king. That's what it says in the scriptures. And when he enters Jerusalem on a donkey, they cry, Hosanna, Hosanna, the one coming in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. And then the Pharisees shake their heads and look at each other and say, look, even the world has gone after him. Jesus is the king of this world. And at this point in his story, everyone knows it. And they either have eyes to see and embrace this in faith, or they reject him. And with rejecting the king, they reject his kingship over their lives and his kingdom, which has no end. And all these who would make him king by force, make him a political king who would lead them against the Romans only for their own selfish gain or their anger or their despite or hatred, they're the ones who end up giving him over to Pilate and forces death on him. And so when Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? The hearer, you guys, me, the reader, we begin to wonder, is this pilot guy trying to force a confession out of Jesus? Or is he asking an earnest confession of faith? Are you the king of the Jews? I want to know. Are you the anointed one? And so Jesus, reading our minds, knowing exactly the thoughts in our minds and on our hearts, he asks the same question we all want to ask. Are you asking because you're seeking in faith? Or did others say it about me? Specifically, do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Here we see in Pilate, every family member, every friend, every co-worker that has ever taken interest in my, in your Christian faith, in Christ the King, when it's always difficult, especially when they've been angry with you or mean or ridicule for so long, it's difficult to discern, is this more mockery like the years past? Or is this person's heart finally opening up 
is Jesus clearing away the rocks in the soil of their heart is now the chance that the Spirit has opened to me. And so Pilate, caught uncomfortable in the sudden intimacy of Jesus' question, defensively alienates Jesus. He says, your own nation has delivered you over to me. Your nation, right? The people that handed him over, that are going to kill him, they're somehow his nation. And this is a beautiful and wonderful fulfillment of the evil high priest Caiaphas's prophecy from John 11. If you can remember, Caiaphas stands up when they're making a conspiracy to kill Jesus. And he says, you do not realize that it is better for us that one man should die for the whole people than the whole nation should perish. Which is a wonderful uh, expression of the gospel. Jesus would die for, redeem, pay for the sins of his people and the nation Israel and for the sins of the whole world. Yet here is evil high priest Caiaphas planning to kill Jesus, making this proclamation and prediction. And so Pilate asks Jesus, what have you done? And so Jesus lays on us one of the most hopeful sentences in history. Jesus says, my kingdom, my kingship is not of or not from this world. For if it were so, he says, instead of students and disciples that follow me around, I would have military soldiers and officers causing all sorts of violence, destruction, discord and death. And so this week, I found it extraordinary, extraordinarily important to carefully read Jesus' words in Greek. The reason to do so is not to produce my own secret translation of the Bible to, like, lord it over you, but to better understand the decisions that the translators made on our behalf as listeners. And so here, it's commonly read in English that Jesus is here saying that his kingdom is not of a physical realm, but a strictly spiritual one that's inward, that's subjective, that can be debated, fought over, a feeling, easy to argue about, only living in the heart of an individual by his lonesome. But nothing could be further from the truth or more enemy to Jesus' gospel. Jesus' phrase here speaks less so about the nature of Jesus' kingdom and more so about its origin. Jesus' kingdom and king authority does not come from this world. It's leaders, voters, who you think Jesus is because of movies you've seen or bad teaching in the past, or even the lord of this world, Satan. God's Jesus' kingdom does not come from any of those sources. We see instead where it comes from in Daniel's vision, which is the Old Testament reading today, and John's revelation from Jesus. The kingdom that Jesus is king of, that his authority and power comes from, comes down from heaven. The source is not from this world, where sin, lying, hate, anger, and violence come from 
but from heaven, where joy, peace, life, and salvation come from. Where Jesus comes down from, incarnate of the Virgin Mary, suffers under Pontius Pilate, is crucified, dies, and is buried for you, for me, for your children, for Pilate. He descends into Hades. The third day he rises again from the dead and he ascends into heaven. And that's where we pick up with Daniel. Isn't that interesting? We go up to the heavenly courtroom when Jesus ascends into heaven for the first time after rising from the dead. And Daniel gets to see this for the first time in Daniel 7. And so we see, what do we see? Something confusing, right? It says, I looked. The ancient days, the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. Thousands upon thousands served him. The books were opened. And then behold, the cl- in, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages would serve him. An everlasting dominion that will not pass away. A kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Who do we see here? We see, sounds like in Daniel 7, two different, two different people, two different entities. I dare not say people. We have the Ancient of Days. We have Yahweh, Lord of hosts. We have God the Father. And we have the Son of Man, who is also divine. And because of this, this vision confounded devastatingly Jews and Gentiles alike for hundreds of years. They had no idea what in the world was going on. All they knew was this Son of Man guy was divine And he was going to come soon and establish a kingdom and dominion over all things forever. And then John makes it make sense for us. Not that people didn't get it during the time of Christ. We have evidence of that everywhere. But John reveals to us in his revelation from Christ I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw those seven golden lampstands, or the seven churches surrounding uh, the Lord. And around, in the midst of the lampstand, was a one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, white as snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze. Uh, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand were the seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in full strength. What do we see? We see Jesus, the Son of Man, ascended into heaven for the first time uh, after being resurrected. We see the Son of Man, the Anointed One, Jesus of Nazareth, and we see that he is 
the Ancient of Days. The words used to describe the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7 are used to describe this Son of Man. Jesus is the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And this King of Kings and Lord of Lords came down from heaven for you. This king became a lowly human being like you or I, and then became the servant of us all, even to the point of death, for you. His source of authority comes down from heaven as he comes down from heaven and dwells among you in your bodies as living temples by his spirit. He comes down to you in the waters of baptism where you are joined to his death and resurrection. He comes down to you in the word, whether it is read by Paul or whoever is lector that day, or myself as I read the gospel reading, or I preach to you, or uh, you forgive your neighbor. Jesus comes down into your heart and transforms you, body and soul. He comes down to you in, with, and under the bread and the wine. God is not just in your head as you think, or just in your heart as you feel, or inward, or easy to argue about. God is here in worship. His kingdom is here, and he hopes for it to spread out through our development and dedication to uh, learning his word, learning his way of confession and forgiveness in the liturgy. Worship, hear Jesus in word and sacrament. It is nothing less, Jesus' kingdom is nothing less than Jesus' all-encompassing authority over all flesh, which was promised, right? Right? In the Daniel 7 prophecy. And in the end, his kingdom will supersede all human authority because heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not. And so, how does John react when he sees King Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, Ancient of Days, burnished bronze, heat? Uh, you know, emanating from himself, how does he respond to King Jesus? He falls at Jesus' feet. That's what it says in Revelation. And um, if you'll allow me to go back into Greek, he kneels. Uh, John kneels before Jesus. And that's why pastor kneels often during service. Pastor does not kneel during service because he's a Roman Catholic. He does not kneel during service because he is Old Testament. But because the number one thing that identifies Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, King of the universe, Lord of all things, as God in the Gospels, is that those with eyes to see and ears to hear that Jesus is Lord can do nothing else but bow down before their God, before him who died and rose again for them, 
while the others stand there with their arms crossed and scowls on their faces. I kneel before Jesus because I cannot be the shepherd, the servant shepherd of lambs in my congregation if I cannot kneel before my Lord Jesus. And I especially kneel before Jesus because I cannot be the head, the head of, I cannot live, die, and love self-sacrificially my beautiful wife if I am too proud to kneel before my King and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says it was for this purpose that he, has, he was born and came into this world to bear witness to the truth that he is the servant king who suffered and died for our sins. And the throne that he rules from in heaven is the throne of the cross. He rules from this cross over all creation, over all authorities, over all creatures. And everyone who is of the truth listens to his voice. Can you hear it? Amen.